following content is a PodCloud Network production. What's going on, everybody? My name is A.O. Aaron Omar Baker, and this is the A.O. Show, right here on the PodCloud Network. So check this out. It's been a couple of weeks since the last episode. This is episode number 32, by the way. It's been a couple of weeks since the last episode, simply because my schedule has been absolutely insane. A um, lot of things to do. Been running around with Trav... Uh, as of late getting ready for tour and a bunch of other things that you know you guys are all gonna see um, over the next couple of weeks and months but you know that's pretty much been insane it's been meeting after meeting after meeting after email chain after email chain conference call um, some events as well as you know just some personal things as well Um, but all is all good nothing bad absolutely everything has been good and I'm, you know, super excited to get back to the podcast. So this is episode number 32, and I wanted just to do a a quick intro, catch everybody up with what I've been doing, as well as what this episode is about. So this is this is number 32, as I previously mentioned, and today's guest, um, guy by the name of Zeke Elliott, who I've known for a couple of years. And, you know, we'll get into the entire history of, you know, how we met. Um, this is actually the second time that I was able to do an interview with him, which was a couple of years ago, completely different setting. Um, this time he invited me to his home, um, uptown, up, 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 uptown, very, very far uptown, damn near the Bronx, but, uh, Washington Heights in Manhattan out here in New York and, uh, invited me to his home. I brought my microphone through. We just set one mic up. You can hear a little bit of the ambiance of the city in the background. Cause we had, uh, you know, one of the windows open. So it's a nice, cozy a uh, really, really great talk that I had with him. Um, a little bit about him, a little bit about philosophy and in, in, in music, specifically music business and marketing in general. And uh, it's a great conversation. So, you know, if you are a person that is in the music industry or trying to figure out what your role is, this is a really, really dope conversation to be uh, a fly on the wall, so to speak, to really check it out and, and get some nuggets um, just about philosophy and just about how things actually work. Um, behind the scenes not necessarily just the finished product so once again this is my guy zeke elliott as always make sure you subscribe to the podcast so look up the ao show i'm on apple Podcasts, google play um yeah i mean that's pretty much it make sure you check out podcloudnetwork.com as well as part of my fresh.com and that's it enjoy ladies ladies gentlemen gentlemen yours truly ao welcome back to the ao show so this is pretty cool, right? This is actually the second repeat guest that I've had on a podcast of any form. So before I mention the name, I think the last time we did a podcast, did an interview, was over the phone from Texas to New York and vice versa. This is about two years ago, somewhere between two and three years ago. And today, we're all the way uptown, New York City. I'm actually in his home. I got my man, Zeke Elliott. I was about to say in the building, but I'm in his building. <laughs> Gracious host he is. What's up, bro? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad to be, uh, glad to be in New York. Time flies, man. Time flies. We, yeah, we were just talking about like how many different things have, have occurred since the last time we got a chance to kick it over the phone or the first time we got a chance to kick it over the phone. Yeah. So let's just let's talk... Let's talk about like that move from Texas to New York, completely different environment, like all together. Yeah. You know, what made you come up here? And just to fill everybody, you know, fill everybody in. When we talk, you know, you sent me some music. You were uh, recording and promoting yourself as an artist back yeah. then. Out of my dorm room. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> and now you are on the business side. So let's just talk about like, you know, the move from, from New York uh, to New York, what inspired all of that and what you're doing now. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, go back to you know the college days it was music was was you know a hobby of mine I was pursuing professional soccer uh, junior year got injured and kind of shut the door on the lifelong dreams lifelong preparations that I felt like I was wanting to you know that I felt inclined I felt led to pursue so I went through a went through a little like dark period there you know when when I you know tore my tour my sartorius and and a uh, doctor said, you know, you get lucky if you get another year out of it. And I knew, all right, I got I to gotta be a businessman now. Like, to, to be successful in the United States, you know, I felt like, man, I, the creative thing was just a hobby. There's no way that can actually be, you know, a, a profession. You know, I, I, I kind of shut that out in my mind mad quick. So I uh, applied for a position at that university I was at, played my last senior year. I was blessed to play all but the last three games, man. Um, 
uh, you know, after intensive rehab from trying to strengthen the muscles around the tear for the injury, um, it was officially God shut that door, you know. But the business side is 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 what I felt is the next play, you know. You, you, get into marketing. My degree was in marketing. Originally it was in, in uh, instrumental performance, classical guitar, but uh, had to pick between music and soccer because of just the, you know, the, the, the amount of time that that, yeah. that soccer took, college soccer, traveling, and things like that. So um, I chose I chose marketing, chose business, and I, I that was just the obvious move at that time. So uh, I got into this university, just entry-level position, and um, I got promoted within a year to, you know, the PR manager at the university. Um, was, was actually like, you know, it was a good position, but I wasn't happy. Right. You know, I, I was sitting at my desk, you know, eight nine hours a day, eating eating lunch at my desk, stressed out, um, my back hurting from sitting down, like just weighing all these things. Like, this is not what I want to. It's do not what you want to do. This yeah. is not my passion. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, what am I doing with myself right now? And, and at that at that moment, I, I realized um, I wanted to get into music because that was a hobby of mine. You know, the uh, playing music in, in my church. You know, uh, growing up like a like a home based church, uh, playing music, playing drums at like eleven. You know, it's it a family thing. I was like you know thirty people on a Sunday there. You know what I mean? Uh, started playing guitar. You know, was a classical guitarist and uh, going into college as a freshman. So music has always been a passion of mine. Um, it's like the the rite of spring from Igor Stravinsky, which is this play like a century ago. Mm -hmm. it, he he wrote this music like a follow up of a momentum of momentum of of a, a play that he released in France, and just the way that it started a riot, like his his play, the rite of spring, started a riot, um, just because of the dissonance in the music, because of the emotions that it evoked. Wow. And we were yeah, we were just talking about like emotion in music. Yeah. Like, we'll get into that in a bit, but yeah, that ties in. Yeah, man. So it that that's that's kind of what brought me into into the music music scope and um, and I just wanted to pursue it full full time. You know, I uh, I, I started looking at what what I was good at. You know, yeah. self awareness is is really massive in mm -hmm. you know knowing what you're good at and what you're great at mm -hmm. and letting what you're good at go essentially because if you want to really really be successful in, in my opinion like you got to just thrive on what you're great at you know what I mean because if you just focus on what you're good you're not going to have enough water to, to, to water the, all the seeds in the ground you yeah know what I mean? and the and thing is like when and this is inevitable in any endeavor that anybody tries to take is there are going to be times that are going to test whether or not this is really what you want to do mm -hmm. and that's going to test your happiness so when you self-awareness that's the key and really understanding yourself and that was you know wise of you you know to really think that way yeah. it's like let me you know let me play to my strengths and enjoy it let me not stay in this place that i don't enjoy it you know you have these 24 hours in everybody's day you yeah. know and you figured it out for sure yeah and Looked at, at my end being marketing and being business because I had that corporate experience mm -hmm. um, and, and I saw that as my avenue. Like I did creative, obviously, you know, I, uh, you know, with tough times, the, the, the track that, that yeah. you know, we, we collabed, like, you know, you covered. Yeah. Um, Eons ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was a minute ago. Um, I mean, out of my dorm room, it was always something that I, you know, wanted to pursue. So, I mean. Yeah, that's essentially. Uh, I I realized I needed to get in the industry somehow, mm -hmm. and business was, was it. Mm -hmm. you know, I realized that was my my strong suit, and I put the creative brain essentially on rest, and was like, let's just work out the the business, and use that to just serve and to get into a position to where I can make relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, because at that point, I didn't know anybody. Right. Like I didn't know anybody, and I didn't even know the local music scene. I didn't know anybody, even at my college, because soccer was like all I knew. Like right. I grew up. You knew you were very, very in that world. Hundred percent. Right. Like as a kid, I was right. Like I, I dedicated my childhood to soccer. Right. Like, that's what I was good at. Right. You know, and I loved it. I wouldn't rather have it any other way. You yeah. Know? Training four times a week, traveling on the weekend, like at thirteen. You right. know, uh, up until college. So that was all I knew, man. I didn't, I, I didn't have time to be in the music scene. I didn't even have time to be in the music scene at my college. Right. You know, because it's just soccer, 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 training every day, traveling. Like, it was just one of those things where I, I felt like way behind the curve. Yeah. But it was a passion of mine that has always been there. You know, 
and um, so I I came I came across you know John Bellion I came across the Visionary Music guys and I straight cold emailed Chris Zaru who's the yeah. president you know president of Visionary Music Group he's a manages Logic manages John Bellion and uh, I just cold emailed him man and and had a very candid conversation he he hit me back after you know I guessed his email I had like probably 20, 25 different email combinations, you know what I mean, on uh, emailchecker.com or something like that. And uh, it's like playing Wheel of Fortune. Like, <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah. It's guessing the vowels. Yeah, man. yeah. And when I when that green light of like it was a valid email address, I was like, Ooh, shit, about to be lit. Yeah, it's yeah, on, yeah. bro. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, man, I sent sent an email with a prayer. <laughs> yeah, know? I was like, it's probably not gonna respond. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a kid. I have no leverage. I have no, um, I add no value to right. to you know his life. Um, but he hit me back, bro. So what, what was that conversation like when you guys finally got a chance to 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 converse? Man, so when it, when he hit me back and I set up set up a, a time to to lock it in, I was just so excited. So like I was like, man, this I need to take the most. Like, I need to take advantage of this opportunity. So I was like, ten minutes, man. Ten minutes is all I need. And the email was like, just ten minutes, trying to get in the industry, and I just don't have relationships and I don't know where to start. Um, because, I mean, even to be an intern in the music industry, you have to know somebody. Mm-hmm. You can't come in cold as an intern. Um, you have to have experience to intern. And it's mm-hmm. like, but how do you get experience when interning is supposed to be right. the experience? Right, right, like, right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it bugged me out. Um, yo, so he, he hit me up, and I remember I remember I was I was, uh, was working at, at the university I was at and was walking outside. There's, like, a really nice courtyard. It was, like, a historic campus, right? Like, buildings, like, 1900s and stuff. And, they did a really good job at like making this walk walkway very scenic, very beautiful. And I just walked in circles while I was on the phone with him. And uh, he told me about his struggle and how he couldn't get in the industry as well. And and he used his relationship with uh, with Logic and really invested in him. And the light bulb, you know, went off in my head like, if you can't make a way, if you can't get in the building, like, and you can't even get into the back door of the building, like, break a window. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. get just get in the building somehow, yep. and and if nobody's gonna let you in, like force your way in. Mm-hmm. And, and that I left that conversation like a light bulb, man. Like this is a hundred percent what I'm gonna do. So I began uh, applying to internships. You know, still trying to get in the label door um, to to see how the back end of the label works. Um, yeah, and, and and I you know found local cats that I was like really trying to decide like. You know, if I wanted to really throw myself and invest myself 100%, and because I'm the type of guy, if I'm not 100% sold out, like I'm not gonna do it's it. It's not gonna work. Yeah. It's not gonna work. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I hit up Reach Records, man, and um, and they it was tight. They hit me back, and, and I got the internship. So let me paint this picture for you. So I'm I'm a manager at a university mm-hmm. with interns. So what, what was your day-to-day responsibilities there? Like at, what the, were you, at the press university? releases, social media. I handled all social media. Um, handled like uh, PR conflicts. Mm-hmm. So like, if something was to arise, to be able to address that to media and, and create those um, those statements and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, media kits, media relations. Right. Really, you know, uh, you know, screening calls of concern. People, you know, people like the community as yeah, well. Like yeah. that was kind of like the day-to-day, day-to-day yeah. um, task list. Um, and it obviously went in more in depth too, but it was more. Those were the bullet points. Yeah, pretty much, those yeah. Are definitely the bullet points. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I went from that, and and my boss man invested in me at, at the university, and I will forever be thankful for that. His name's Ryan McElwain. He's a the most one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. That's cool. One of my uh, one of my principals, my elementary school principal's last name was McElwain too, <laughs> and like I was, uh, you know, perennial honor roll, you know, always top of the class. And he's like, one day this kid's gonna be the president of something. I don't know, <laughs> United States, a company, or whatever. But yeah, there's some good McElwains in this world. Yeah, man. So he uh, he he invested in me as a kid, hired me as a junior. Uh, I was working as a senior in a position that required a degree when I didn't have a degree. You know what I mean? Um, I interned for the for for the the PR department at the university. Mm-hmm. Just how I got like a entry level position in that office. And then I actually got within that year he he invested in me and believed in me to be able to move into the position I was an intern at. You know, uh, a, a few years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so without a degree, man, he believed and invested in me. And um, 
and allowed me to work remotely, bro. Like, I, I, I had a candid conversation with him. I was like, I, I feel like because like, I'm super thankful for your investment, but this is the industry I want to get into now, and I have to intern somewhere. You mm. know, like, I would love to, to, to work um, my hours and still get everything my everything done that needs to be done, um, but just do that remotely from Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I was also like eight months married. Yeah. <laughs> I got married young, you know. So, eight months married, and, and and my wife is amazing too. Like I have so many people to be thankful for, like just the the opportunities that have came about, and and I haven't reached a a, a peak of success. Um, I, I mean, I'm successful if, if I can buy my friends beers and I can, right, right. Uh, you know, I can buy my friends uh, dinner every once in a while and just have that community aspect. Like that's success in my eyes, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was eight months married and decided to go to Atlanta and, and, and work for Reach Records as an intern. Um, and I worked remotely. Literally, was uh, gonna get a gym membership. I didn't know anybody out there to live with. I was gonna get a gym membership, sleep in my car, and. Uh, shower at the gym yeah. after I worked out. Yeah. That was the hustle that I was preparing myself. But um, my grandmother knew somebody that she knew, and, like she knew somebody from the '70s that she hadn't really talked to since like mid '70s. Um, and actually, they opened their house to me, bro. So I wow. got to sleep, yeah. sleep like on their futon. Yeah. You know I mean, it was super like, it's crazy how like I felt felt inclined. You know, what I mean, and if you're like a spiritual person and you know you believe in God and divine stuff, like which I do, you know. I felt like it was it was a god thing for me to to push me. It didn't make sense, bro. I was I was just married like, yeah. with, with a newlywed yeah. eight months with my wife. Yeah, and we both felt like this was the move. This yeah. feels right. Like yeah. this feels right. And like, one of the things that really stands out here is like the willingness of you knowing what it is you wanted to do, and let me now put myself in the mind state that it, I'm okay if I have to sleep in my car, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go somewhere completely new. I'm okay if I have to sleep in my car because what that's going to do is put me closer to what else I'm you know, trying to exactly. accomplish here. And I think the people, and I'm the same, is like it seems drastic to most people. Just that mindset and in, in regular conversations, things you might be willing to do yeah. that they're like, bro, that's a bit much. I'm like, all right, cool, but what's the alternative? How else am I going to get exactly. from here to there? And you know, that's that's like a common thread that I've been able to see with, you know, so many different people that I have a conversation with or that are have figured out how to do something that they want to do or love for a living. Mm -hmm. It's that common thread Definitely. of I'm willing to do whatever it, it don't is. Matter, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I'll it doesn't matter, like dirt under the fingernails, it does not matter. Like it has to be that way, yeah. especially in this industry, man. And unless you're you're blessed, you know, with, with already a network, you know? Yeah. And and blessed with relationships. But even that, like that's that's a, a trickle down effect of somebody else that exactly. came before you that had that 100%. mentality. But even you can know everybody in the world if you don't grind and get, you know. Yeah. And, and get yourself into a position to where you, you have the quality enough to, to make it in the yeah. industry. Like, it's, it's just the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's, a, it's an industry of hustle. Yeah. You know, and if, you know, people really want to be in this industry in any facet, in any form, like, you have, they have to realize, like, it's a, it's a hustle. It, it's, a, it's a continual fight that doesn't stop. Absolutely. You know, I mean, tra Travis, uh, Travis Mendez, he told me, um, trust the struggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was... Um, at, you know, at 2015, when they when they went to House of Blues, uh, or they went, it was Trees, yeah, they went to Trees, Dallas, um, you know, it's like a 600-person venue mm -hmm. back in the day, you know, um, and I, early. I, I, yeah, it was early, I, I yeah. waited, I waited out, outside for those guys, and uh, just to chat with them and to pick their brain, um, and yeah, that's, that's one of the things he told me that really resonated, was, you know, trust the struggle. Yeah, it's, it, it's trust the process, trust the struggle. Like, Trav has uh, patience and persistence tattooed on both of his arms. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, you know, that's that's it. That's 100%. it. Because, like, the, the, the cool thing about the worst thing that you can do is, is stop, right? So once you make it past the point of, like, whatever happens, I'm going to continue moving forward, all of those things you experience... That's what gives you like the salt and pepper to be able to know what's going on. Like, yeah. Your eyes are so far, you know, are, are so much more open once you've gone through some real shit. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like definitely, definitely. Out of mind, absolutely. So I'm curious, like, because one thing that that I remember um, when I wrestled, and this this kind of relates to you playing soccer. Yeah. Um, I only wrestled for a season, so it wasn't like it was anything that was, you know 
It was just, I just wanted to do it to do it. So it wasn't like I was basing my life around it. But one of the things that I really picked up from, from that season, we had uh, t-shirts made on the back of the shirt, you know, for the, for the wrestling team. And on the back of the shirt, the slogan for the team and for that season was mental toughness. Mm-hmm. And physically, the, the practice and the weight cuts and changing your diet and everything that, that went into um, that wrestling season, yeah. physically the hardest thing to this day that I've ever had to do, you know. But nobody had a gun to my head to say, you have to do it. It was my decision, and the mental toughness part was like, once you make a decision, you stick to it, and as hard as it's going to get, you're going to see it through it to the end. So I'm curious if, and I'm pretty sure this is, you know, true on, you know, for you, with soccer, what are some lessons that you learned that you applied from, you know, just that endeavor, being so committed to soccer, being committed to, you know, just the struggle of running up and down the cardiovascular has got to yeah, be like yeah, yeah, insane. Yeah. But how do you apply things that you may have learned on the field, you know, practice or in game or whatever, to, you know, what we're talking about now? Yeah, I, soccer made me who I am today. Yeah, yeah. It it taught me leadership. It taught me respect. Uh, it taught me how to, you know, how how to lead a group of of thirty different personalities and different. Um, different, you know, experiences, and um, uh, uh, one of the hard, one of the biggest things that it taught me was um, the, the training when nobody's watching, yeah, the man. hard work when nobody's watching, yeah, man. that, that, that's what makes the difference, yeah. you know, the people who really put in the work, not just in training, not just when you're around the guys, you know what I mean, not just, like, who's, who's doing the extra mile, mm-hmm. you know, who's, Who's going out after losing and and sprint doing sprints? You mm-hmm. know what I mean. Who's who's really like? It's invisible training, is what it is, because mm-hmm. nobody sees it. Mm-hmm. But you put in the work, yeah, and that's what makes the difference, you know. And you know exactly where you were, mm-hmm. you know. So like when, and that's another thing when you pull, you know, to that's a resolve that when you get to that point to where you just want to be better, yeah, you know. It's, it's the 10,000 hours rule. And, you know, those hours, majority of that time, nobody's there with you, you know? So when it just becomes ingrained with who you are, it's exactly. like, look, if I want to be better than I was 10 minutes ago or 10 days ago or whenever, whatever the time frame is, I have to put the work in. And if somebody's going to be with, here with me, a training partner or whatever, cool. If not, cool. I'm going to, I still have to go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a massive part. Also, you know, respect, um, you know, respect for the coaches, respect for like following direction, um, and and playing playing for something bigger than yourself. You know? Yeah, playing for a a team, and and it, it teaches you uh, selflessness. And you know? music is is all a team. 100%. You know, like the music business itself is all a team, yeah. all crew, and the people around you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a it's relationships, man. Yes, hundred percent. Like, and and it's also relationships in the sports world too, because if if. If everybody's on the same page, if there's one, one, you know, broken link in the chain, right. there's one, you know, it, it's it's gonna fall apart, mm-hmm. you know? and that's that's a big part of, of not only like corporate America, not yeah. only like you know music industry, um, you know, teams of, of bands and musicians and, and collaborators, uh, artists, you know, it it, it rings true in you know, you know, top down and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about like that trickle down effect earlier about. You know how to set and create a culture for whatever your organization is or whatever your your company your team is and it really it starts from the top and and the other part is like once like you were saying when there's a weak link or when there's like there's like a a, just something that isn't right or doesn't fit it's it's really important to be to be you to make sure that you attract the the right right people and the right quality so that that leads into let's talk about the team that you're with now yeah you're here in new york who, what, where, what's your day-to-day like? like yeah, man. Um, so I, I do day-to-day management for Andy Mineo, and uh, I manage Words Played and, a, and an artist named Willow Stevens, who's a, a pop R&B artist. Okay. Um, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm blessed to be involved, bro. Yeah. Uh, and I met Andy when I was interning at Reach, and he told me about Minor League, uh, which is like the artist initiative um, that he's starting mm. uh, to help 
project the art that he believes in and give give it a, uh, a greater platform using the platform he's built. Um, and I was sold, bro. And and after I after I interned at Reach and was was back in Dallas, you know, I continually hit him up. I was like, let me work, let me work. Like yeah. I work for free. You know, that persistence. Yeah. Yeah. I just continued and because uh, he he had mentioned it. It, it was cool, like, everything's, like, divine, I feel like, for me. Like, it was God's orchestration. Yeah. Because for Andy, like, meeting me for two days, I worked with him for two days when he was in Atlanta working on, on a record. Um, just in the studio, like, hustling, getting food, you know, going through his inbox, like, helping him out as, as in any way I could, you know what I mean? And uh, and he he just had the feeling, like, yo, what if, we, what if you moved to New York? And he mentioned that. While I was there, after two days, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Like that doesn't he didn't happen. Know me. Yeah, that <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that doesn't happen. Like an intern without leverage, all I have to my name is just like to work my ass off. But I mean, when you when you don't have anything tangible, like that's your that's your card. Like yeah, that's yeah, your card. That's, that's your biggest the, asset. The only card you have. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's that's for everybody out there that's listening, man. Like that's trying to figure out like. If, especially like the kids that are listening like if, when you're trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B you want to work with somebody you don't think you can offer them anything well, you have more than you think like you have the, the, the you don't have experience but you have creativity right you have energy you have time you have hustle you have your word that's it From you can learn everything like all of the tangible skills along the way mm-hmm. but yeah like yeah. you, you, you had that. You gotta have a positive aura too. Yeah. Man. You gotta, you gotta be, be a, a positive, um, be self-driven as yeah. well. You know, what I mean? absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's a big one too. Yeah. Because um, a, a lot of the industry is, uh, especially like in, in my case, in my experience, has been like if if I'm not a self-motivated person, um, I easily can like fall out. You know, what I mean, right. I can easily f- feel like I'm comfortable, and then how fast the industry changes, just be out of the industry. So like it's like a continual daily hustle of yeah. like, yeah. As you grow with that with that experience under your belt, and as you grow with with those you know assets that you gain, um, you know, if you don't hustle, yeah. you still can be out of it's, a job. It's and- it's, on, it's entrepreneurial. Exactly. It's entrepreneurial. Like it, you you you're the you're the the boss of the company of you. Yeah. I just made exactly. that up. I should coin that. <laughs> I should put that on a shirt. That's kind of yeah. cool. I'd I'd buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give it to you. <laughs> Because it's not a, a place that you have to be at a certain time, and I have to punch in at this time, and at this time I punch out. Like we were talking earlier, we walked. You were so kind to buy me a cup of coffee. Everybody that's listening, blessed and highly caffeinated, is like <laughs> that's the lifestyle, right? And Lord knows I don't need another cup of coffee. But you know, we were talking, and it's like um, this is a 24-hour thing. You know, there's, if there's a fire that needs to be put out and it happens to come across your phone, you get an email, you get a call, you get this, whatever, you take care of it because that's what needs to happen. Exactly. So it's all self-motivational. Like, you have to, to, like, move when you have to move, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be, um, you have to believe in, in the artists that you're working with because if you don't, you're not going to take that midnight phone call about Yo, an like, issue with a release. You know if you mean? don't believe, like... Like, the, the cool thing about Trav and I, and Trav, before we officially started, like, in the agreement that we're in now, like, Trav and I have been doing this 10, 11 years. Like, mm-hmm. that song, 10 years, is literally, like, sure. that's when you set the clock for when we met and decided to work creatively. We weren't even in an in, uh, administrative creative role. It was both of us were, were creating back then. And from early on, you know, I saw with Trav that type of music he was working on, um, the type of collaboration that him and Mylon were working on, I just really am like, yo, somebody needs to hear this. And whatever it is that I can do, I'll do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Trav, at this point, is like the only person... I don't have any aspirations of managing like a client list, yeah. personally. But I just really believe that strongly in his music and his craft and his art. So you're, you're spot on because... It's very easy to see the phone ring at three in the morning when there's something crazy going on, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to it," as opposed to being passionate about it and like, "Let's, let's go." Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like those three a.m. brainstorming sessions too. Like, I got an idea for something, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I mean, but I mean, Andy, he saw me. You know, he saw that hustle in me. Yeah. And he, uh, 
he decided to, you know, mention that and then I held him to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay on him. Yeah. One of the greatest quotes, like, you got to be annoying for the sake of your career. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Preach, <bro>. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, it, because there's so much going on. Like, something can happen and you were on somebody's mind and now you're not. Exactly. So you, that's how you keep yourself, like, relevant within the relationship. That's how you're trying you keep to yourself up. relevant in the world, bro. Yeah. Even from a, an artist consuming, like, consumer fan's perspective, too, man. Like, you... There's so many people are so much like it's oversaturation of, of media yeah. mes- marketing messages and, and content like mm-hmm. it's easy, easy, easily forgot you know what I mean if you're not hustling you're not grinding you know it, I mean you, it could be a bad situation for you, you know? yeah Magic and Bird yeah Magic and Bird let's 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 talk about this you, I uh, I love the cover I love like <laughs> I love like little small details like the little sticker yes, that's on it yeah. like like the old school CDs and tapes and different things like that. Magic and Bird. Let's 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 talk about this project yeah, we, here. We had. What was the, the the actual release date for it? Release date was August uh, August seventh. Right. Yeah, it's when it dropped, and um, we we were ex- we were really excited for it, man. The the visuals, the the skit comedic type of vibe was very important um, because Words Play and Andy both have known each other for a really long time, and um, they're just hilarious. You know yeah. what I mean, like that. To, to be able to highlight that in, in a in a piece of content that's fun that's, yeah. that's informal almost you know what yeah. I mean as in the sense of like real substantial like thought provoking music like this one was just to have fun you know? this, right. this one was just to but one of the mindsets going into it was like creating a project for people to be able to play basketball to all the way through yeah you know that's I mean? dope and, I, and I, 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 they definitely executed that man. yeah the records I mean one after another are just are, you, you could run too. You could play play basketball too, um, and they're just really fun and, and uh, you know make you happy. You know what I mean? There's those type of songs. Um, but yeah, I mean we had a, a killer team, bro. Killer team for this. Uh, uh, Delgis, uh, Delgis Mustafa. He's the creative director for minor league. He uh, this was his vision of um, you know Magic Magic and Bird. You know Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson. And the the play on on the collaboration and the rivalry between them, mm-hmm. and they when Andy and, and Worst played thought about that, it was a hundred percent like, let's do it, let's, let's do, do it, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it also was was a breather, um, because as John and Andy are working on their their solo, uh, Worst played and Andy John's his, his real name, right? Uh, as as a uh, John and Andy or Worst played and Andy are, uh, working on their their you know individual records, individual albums. Um, this was a good creative breather because um, it was literally recorded in like essentially a, a two week span. You know, what I mean? wow. we went to the studio for probably you know eight eight days total. Yeah, and knocked everything uh, out. Yeah, uh, Beam. He's a huge part of it, uh, part of the project. Um, we had Alex Medina producing the project. Um, we had you know Daniel Steele involved. You know, Illmind. We we had a, the, the Legend record from Il, from Illmind, bro. Like, yeah. I mean it. it the whole the whole team, everybody involved, it just it just clicked and and we're seeing I mean you're seeing a lot of good traction, you know what I mean? It was a very informal, like fun project. Mm-hmm. We didn't really set a, a lot of high expectations for it. Um, and it's you know, the the viral the viralness of it is actually getting a lot of momentum and a lot of traction. It's it's mad exciting to see, bro. Yeah. Um, the visuals are my favorite part. The the photo shoot we did, um, we went to Visco New York, they allowed us to use their space. Um, and we we had the, the the key of it was like let's find the most '90s like late '80s early '90s retro outfits. So like the the NBA draft day of like LeBron James when he's in like the white the super baggy yeah, all yeah, white yeah. suit. You yeah. know what I mean? That was inspiration. Uh, like the real awkward Kobe and Shaq photos of them like sitting behind the terrible backdrops that you could still probably go to like you know some some big stores and use their photo booths. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was so much fun, bro. I thrift shopped literally probably 85 to 90% of those outfits wow. <laughs> that are wow, on the covers yeah, yeah. that you see in, in the sleeve of the of the album. Like, uh, it was it was super fun, bro. I, had, I really enjoyed myself. There's yeah. a lot of great spots in New York for, for thrifting and found the suits. Um, but the one thing that I struggled finding was like, like mad vintage minor league jerseys, right. you know, as like a basketball feel. And, uh, I mean, it was like a week before the, the the photo shoot, and I knew I had to find them somewhere, you know. So I'm running around New York, 
trying to thrift shop. Yeah, thrift try, shop trying. Shop. Yeah, but I, I knew I knew those items would probably be copped. Uh, so right. I went. I looked up this you know vintage basketball store, Mr. Throwback. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. He uh, and Mike and Mr. Throwback hooked it up. He uh, he sold us two that he was keeping for himself for a specific purpose. Mad rare, mad rare jerseys, bro. Um, like US, the, the like the USA, you know, or like '92 Dream Team, yes, yeah. yeah, like in their blanks too, which was even harder. Oh, to find. Whoa. yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. so he, I mean, he let those go, bro. And that was he searched probably for a minute for those. So, so yeah, it it just it worked out, bro. And um, the the visuals are hilarious. The the whole vibe of it, the skits. Uh, we got a skit uh, with Alan Houston coming up too. Yeah, so we went to to Alan Houston's crib. He's a, he's a fan of the project, right. fan of the music. Right. And um, and yeah, we just shot shot a skit there that's uh, being wrapped up and gonna be released pretty soon. Yeah. That's fire. Yeah, and then I mean the episode League Trump episodes. Those are just it showcases the the hilarious nature. You know what I mean of um, hilarious nature of the other guys. So. The, the the stars behind the stars uh, <laughs> yeah shouts to the the whole team that's the, the the kind of stuff that i love is like all of everything that it takes to kind of weave together like a great rollout for a project and, sure. and the creative ideas that go into it so like what's what's on the on the on the agenda and on the plate now what are you guys um like what are the next couple of of planned releases or what's happening what's new what can people look forward to yeah um we uh I mean, we have friends and family tour coming up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that when does that start? That starts September twenty first. Right. Yeah. It's gonna hit, gonna hit thirty two cities. Um, you going on a tour on the road? Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's, gonna yeah. be it's my first time going yeah, yeah, on yeah. tour bus rides. You know. What I mean? Yeah. So I'm excited for that, uh, especially to be like you know, uh, building that that personal relationship with the guys. We have us, uh, you know, Andy. Um, it's called the, the Friends and Family uh, tour with Andy uh, with Andy Minio with. Social Club Misfits and uh, Wordsplay, yeah, and they're gonna do some Magic and Bird. We have a really dope VIP uh, fan experience where we're playing hot shot basketball competition. Oh, that's so bro. fire! Yeah, yeah, that's so fire. <laughs> it's gonna be tight, bro. Um, yeah, and we we have like um, some really dope uh, pieces of merch, man. Nice. You know, we got. We're, we're gonna have signed cassette tapes. Uh, we're gonna have like it's, it's mad nostalgia. You know what I almost bought if if I because I took the train up here. And I was debating whether or not I should take the train or drive. The other day, I was helping my grandfather clean the basement out. And underneath, he has like so many records and just, you know, a bunch of goodies. Yeah. There's a VHS camcorder. <laughs> like a 15... Those are hot right now. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. $1,500, $1,600 like at that time, back in like 86, 87. Yeah. That he purchased it for, so I dusted it off. Still works. I debated bringing that. <laughs> if I if I drove, I would have brought it here and just set it up. Like I, because I use the filters for everything and the Polaroids and everything. So that that tape, that tape idea, cassette tape idea is like, that's right up my alley, yeah. bro. Like I've been wanting to do that for a minute, yeah. bro. And this was just the perfect project to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything nostalgia, I, I guarantee you, we're gonna be the first experience of a lot of our, even millennial fan base popping in a, a cassette tape. You know what I mean? When I know something interesting, like, I saw a stat um, that's, like, kind of related just because of the era. I saw, like, it was, like, something that came across my Twitter feed where there were, there's, like, a large percentage of people, millennials and younger, that don't know that they can get TV for free because they've never seen or had an antenna. <laughs> they just used what to either, that, just, <laughs> right? They used to cable or they used yeah, to satellite or, or just getting it on, like streaming it. It's almost like a science project. Right? Yeah, like what in the world is that? <laughs> like a 25 like year old dude. Like, yeah, you, you, bring a, you bring a cassette out. It's like, all right, it's, like it, it's probably like what if somebody would have brought like an eight track out and put it in front of either one of us, like, all right, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. yeah. I, I still have never really messed with an eight track. Yeah, yeah. You mess with, I mean, I mess with vinyls, you know. I think everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. touch, touch vinyls. Cause vinyls, the only thing that's trending up sales-wise in the business. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like cassettes are, will, will get I think too. they will, too, yeah. yeah. You start seeing them in, you know, the, the stores, the real hip stores. You start seeing the same cassettes of you know, some records. Yeah, a little limited release. Every once yeah. in a while, like, I'll get somebody who'll send me, like, oh, we got this this thing you want a cassette. Hell, yeah, I want a cassette. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's dope. I keep them in the plastic. Yeah. Right, we're sending these influencer boxes with, like, like old-school Walkman. Like oh, it, we have uh, we're missing them to um, you know some some real high high level people and um, and we we have this like shoebox design has cassette tapes it has you know free merch you know 
and it, I'd actually consume the project with a Walkman that's actually in the box. So fire! So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a cool. That's experience. so fire! I mean, that's if if you don't have an excuse, like that, there's there's no excuse at that point to not listen to the record. Right. Everybody who sees that cassette tape with the Walkman in front of them are gonna want to know what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, so, we hope. <laughs> nah, I think they will, man. Like, because it stands out. Yeah. It stands sure. out. So. Here's an uh, interesting question to pick your brain a little bit, right? We're talking music, we're talking marketing. With everything changing from day to day, something new is always on the horizon with just the way that that, that information moves. Yeah. Um, you know, audio podcasting is, 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 is big now. It's going to be bigger. You see, like, uh, Apple's releasing the HomePod, like the Google, yeah. the Alexa, Google, all these different things are happening, AR, VR. With music marketing specifically, like, are there any things that are catching your eye that are on the horizon that isn't necessarily super mainstream that you think will be? Yeah, I, th I think it's um, something that even, you know, my, my homie Dell champions all the time um, is just the way music's consumed. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of old uh, business models of, you know, release one record a year, one big project a year. Nobody's waiting for that, really. If you're not, if if you don't, if you don't have the momentum for that, nobody's gonna wait. They're gonna forget about it. If mm -hmm. you have a, a a month rollout for your record, people are gonna forget about it. You know, people are gonna like check in, and be like, oh, I feel, yeah, I feel like I knew it was coming, but let me see if it's not still not out yet. Yeah, okay, and then they'll forget yeah, about yeah. it, and go into something else. Yeah. So it, it's just the way music's being consumed right now is very, um, it, very like releasing two records a month you know what I mean three records a month if you can like quality quality is is subjective to everybody so um, the, the quantity is what will keep you relevant and what will keep you especially as a young artist as, as a mid-level artist too like if you're not the Kendricks if you're not the J. Coles if you're not the Drakes you nobody's waiting for your project really you know what I mean like people are distracted daily yeah. like yep. think look at look at how many marketing messages you're you, like as a person consume daily yeah you're like, not like you're not competing like if you're a musician you know an artist and you're trying you're not only competing with other artists you're competing with every form and media and medium form of information every like you're competing with the news you're competing with the movie that's coming out a video game that drops somebody that decides to read a book or a magazine that's all your competition because what you're really trying to get is attention exactly. like that's really it yeah exactly yeah and so the I mean you, you look at like like Kyle you know what I mean he's yeah. a good example where he just he, he released a song a month or Russ, you know what I mean? Yeah, Russ. Like yeah. It, that, it's it's the wave of consumption, mm -hmm. and um, I feel very passionate about that. I feel uh, that people just want frequent content, um, and that's that's the end. They want frequent visuals. They want frequent, um, you know, uh, things that add value to their life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the Gary V model of like jab, jab, right hook. That's you know my I mean? guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's like you you can only ask. Certain amount of times for for a purchase for a call to action, like mm -hmm. everything else needs to be giving to the consumer, and giving right. to the fan, and, and to the people who um, that it'll add value to their day. It'll make them smile. It'll make them feel an emotion. You know what I mean? Which is make them think about something that exactly. wasn't already on their radar. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just quick quick releases, man. Even like short songs. You know what I mean? Like two two minute forty five second songs. Right. You know what I mean? Something that. Um, even you and I were talking about how uh, earlier about the you know the creative process and how a lot of a lot of creatives get caught up on their work you know because um, it's it a lot of creatives are perfectionists yeah. and that's a great quality you know it's a great quality to have but um, there, there should there, there should come a point to where you have to make a decision of it's better uh, better for it to be to be out than for it to never like for it to, re to never not, release yeah. you know what I mean because yeah. like, it, it could get to the point to where you're you're looking at a record so you know so in depth and so hard and, and looking like you you know the example you use looking for that perfect snare looking for yeah, the layers looking right. for uh looking for all that and then you just lose the passion and the momentum that you had with the record to start right and it's right. hard to revisit that record two months you know two months that you're not going to feel the same emotion that right. you felt when you're creating that you know so just to get it out and to, and to focus on the record when it's hot when it's top of mind and whatever that product is is what that product is yeah you know, and getting getting it out in the marketplace. That's I feel like the, for for momentum, the mid level smaller artists are catching up 
and it's because they've adapted that model of yeah. of, uh, of releasing music that and, way. And, and figured out that it's again like it's it's constant con and consistent consumption. Consistency's key. Yeah, That's, yeah, hundred percent, man. Cool. So like for and there's been just ton just in in the conversation. And we could go for several hours, you know, just yeah. just just on philosophy, top line philosophy by itself, and then you know all the, the minutiae and the details. But you know, there's so much uh, that people can take from this conversation. I think in the form of advice. Yeah. And but let's you know let's let's be practical and say, you know, one or two or three different things that if you were having a conversation with, let's say you have a conversation with yourself, right, based on where you are now and what you know now versus that 19 year old kid that was miserable working you know doing something that you things that you've learned along the way that you would kind of like little bits and pieces of wisdom that you may impart yeah it's about the process yeah you'll um having having a you know always striving for more having a very like um uh, as like having a lot of aspirations mm -hmm. is great but enjoy where you're at mm -hmm. you know because that's essentially that's the, the, the that's the goal. Like you, you don't you don't look back at pivotal points of like that's when everything changed for me. Very few people do. Right. It's like it's, that's what a lot of people think. Yeah. It's, ne it's it never pays build. off. That yeah. It's a slow build to where it's like, wow, I'm here. I remember, bro, a year ago, I was a kid who was DMing people, and like, and I still am that dude. Like yeah. I'm still DMing people, but like. Today, like to have people reaching out to me to ask for advice, to ask for input, to, bro, like it's amazing. It's a shift in for perspective me to be able, too. For yeah. me to be able to give to give back, because I was that kid. Mm -hmm. I still am that kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're never not learning. Exactly. If as long as you pay attention to things, yeah. Exactly. So like anybody who reaches out to me, DM, DMs me, I make it a point to like really check out their media. What's the what, what's for people that are asking you for advice? Like what's the most common question that you that you get? It's primarily structured around the music. Yeah, you know, it's primarily structured around um, marketing. Uh, right. But it's primarily input on their records. I think that's that's the most common theme for everybody, really. Is, you know, uh, people who are, who are putting in a lot of hours and really working hard and trying to to create stuff just want want input on it. Mm -hmm. Especially like with me, um, I didn't have anybody to really give that quality input, and everybody reached out to never reached out reached back to me. Right. You know what I mean. Um, regarding the music aspect, so um, I, that's that's the common, and, and I really give them my thoughts. Even though like the creative aspect isn't what I'm really really you know growing in, um, you know, and really focused on right now, mm -hmm. um, I still just just to have have a, a pair of ears, you know, to to be able to give thoughts and to give input back um, for somebody who's kind of you know in a in a circle of of artists and musicians. At, you know, at like a mid-level, you know what I mean? Just to be able to to give input back and to hopefully motivate them and to, from my experience, be able to share um, share what I found in, in my experience and, and how they shouldn't quit, how they should just continue yeah. pursuing. And I wish I never would have would have stopped thinking of music as, as something that could actually happen when I was an you know, instrumental performance major. Um, I, I wish I would have stayed consistent, but I gave up. I legit was like, there's just no way in. I don't know anybody. My musicianship skills wasn't at a level to, to be really impressive, to like catch someone's eye. So I was like, it's gonna take mad years for me to develop, right. to be able to, to compete with, with these people on the, on the main stage, you know? Um, but it was just the, the, the process, like dude, enjoy yourself. Like enjoy, enjoy the struggle, like, like find peace in where you are. Find peace and, and don't rush. Like, things happen in its time, you know what I mean? Like, if you're spiritual, things happen in God's timing. Like, if you're not, things like things just happen in an order, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. it, it takes time to develop. Yeah, there's no, like, one big moment. Yeah. It's a I mean, series it's of just things. Of small moments. A series of small days. Small W's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's the small W's that, that a lot of, that I didn't appreciate, that I yeah. didn't really see was a W. Yeah. You know, until, until now, it's like, you're seeing the trend of, of, of the, the small W's that lead up to the higher yeah, And goal. you connect the dots, you see like, 
this one thing that happened led to this other thing that happened, which led to two other things that happened. And oh wow, after a while, you start to really see the trail and yeah. and how everything is so connected. Exactly. Yeah. Because I wanted to be in the industry, in the music business, as as like it was like breathing, bro. Like I I I caused myself so much more like grief, so mm-hmm. much more like stress and anxiety because I wanted it so bad that I that I didn't enjoy my life at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, unhappy living. You know, like, not... That, that sounds bad. Yeah, no, I, I get you. you, you get, like, yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was unhappy, like, in my in my position, and it, and it kind of bled out in, like, it my tricked. demeanor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I, I, I wasn't happy not being in the music industry. Yeah. And it, it, that, that was a flaw, a flaw of mine, because it's not about what I do for a living. You know what I mean? It's not about, like... Like, I, I, I could... I would be at this point now like if I lost everything you know what I mean and just went and sacked groceries you know what I mean went and I, I would be happy doing that for the rest of my life because I found peace not in, in what I do but I found peace in like in, in community and in family and yeah. in, you yeah. know being married to my wife and, and being a, a, the best husband that I can be um, father to a great dog <laughs> father to Schmitty in the city bro yeah, <laughs> yeah father father to the, to the pup um yeah, I mean, it, there's just there's a shift of goals, you know, and and even though I I love waking up and knowing if I died today that I would that I would die happy, not only because I'm doing what I love and I'm and I'm blessed to be able to to do something that I'm extremely passionate about in the industry that I that I want to be a light in, you know what I mean? In a dark industry where a lot of women are taken advantage of, and because it's there's a lot of gatekeepers, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's a lot of, of people who hold the keys to dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people take advantage of that and take advantage of, of, of people in this industry. Um, and just to be a light, you know, that's kind of like my why. When I go to, like, what is my why? What yeah. is, is to just, you know, bring positivity, to bring, um, you know, like, to live as closely as, as to Jesus, who is, like, the, the most historical figure. You know what I mean? Even if, you know, I don't believe in the Bible, or, you know, as just a historical figure, the way he lived his life, you know what I mean? Like, to live as closely to that as possible, you know what I mean? Because that's the best best way, in my opinion, to live and to have that bleed out in, in all my relationships and, and to have that, you know, that loving nature and that, that compassion and empathy and, I mean, all, all, of, all of those fruits, you know what I mean? To be able to bleed out in the industry, people I work with, people I... I'm close with people that I'm just acquaintances with. You know what I mean? It's a it's a big priority, man. I see no better way to to end on on a better note than to end on that one. Um, let everybody know where you know your social medias and anybody you know people that may want to reach out to you, whatever was the best way. Sure, uh, just at Zeke Elliott, Z E E K E L L I O T T, not Z E K E. That's the football player. Yeah, I saw Funny that. Funny enough, yeah, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> there was a Zeke Elliott who was a football player. My 40 is close to his. So. Oh, watch out, bro. I feel like I should meet him, you know, just because I'm from Dallas and I have the same name as We, we have to document this, too. We got to get this. <laughs> let's, let's get the race let's going. Do it. Let's yeah. do it, man. Uh, side by side. Absolutely. I, let me just stretch my quad. <laughs> you got to dust, dust the knees off, man. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. Bro, thanks for coming all the way out, out to the peak of Manhattan. This bro, is it. Heights. We're really in the Bronx. They just didn't, uh, they didn't, they didn't label it correctly. <laughs>